0: At this point, we've had all these wearable options that are out there, but they're expensive, right? You know, you get the Magic Leaps of the world, you got the lenses of the world, which they're awesome. They're great technology, but, you know, there's there's very rarely organizations that are going to be like, oh, yeah, give me 20, you know, so
1: I can put them on all the people. Welcome to Making Better, a podcast from Better Everyday Studios devoted to helping small learning teams have a big impact. Today, we are talking to Destry Hildenbrand an XR solutions architect from IntelliZ. I recently met Destry at an ATD planning event for an upcoming conference, and as soon as I heard him talking about virtual reality and augmented reality, I knew I had to have him on the podcast. As a huge fan of these technologies, I'm really excited about the potential they could have for training and development,
0: so let's jump in.
1: Destry, welcome to the Making Better podcast. How are you doing today?
0: Doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to have you. Um, like I said, we, you know, we recently met at, a at an ATV ATD planning event. And as soon as I heard you start talking about, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, um, immediately in my mind, it connected with, I've just recently, you know, saw the launch of Apple vision pro and heard discussions of quest three. And so kind of VR AR was already rattling around in my head. Uh, so as soon as I was introduced to you, I knew we we had to have a discussion. So I'm, I'm really excited about this today. Um, but to get started, I'd love it if love to hear a little bit more about you. If you could give the audience a brief description of you, and maybe tell us what an XR solutions architect does, because I'm not certain that I know.
0: <laughs> nope. Uh, that, yeah. Absolutely. So um, yeah. Uh, First off, it's an exciting time, right? There's a lot of really cool stuff coming out. So uh, with the new Apple products and Quest bringing out their latest version too. So uh, so yeah, so I'm an XR solution architect at a company called IntelliZ. And essentially what I do is I help clients sort of bring their um, augmented and virtual reality dreams to life, right? So I uh, sort of work with clients and help them to understand, number one, what the technology is, what it isn't. And then number two, how can we start to translate some of those uh, issues or goals or problems you're trying to solve into um you know an immersive technology experience right how can we turn that into something where we can really find a solution to those types of problems where your learners really benefit from it uh, by using an immersive technology of some kind so that's essentially what i do uh you know Uh, in today's day and age, we can call ourselves pretty much anything we want. But I'm, uh, I'm essentially just an XR, you know, I just help people find solutions for immersive technology. That's really where I where I kind of hang out. Um, And it's a great space to be right. I've been there for the past 10 years, I've been in learning and development now for about 20 years. So um, I started off, I was just telling people at the event we were at, I started off years ago as a graphic designer digital artist for the yellow pages, uh, way back when I know, right. So way back when I had my power g3 Mac, and we were uh, we were rocking and rolling so uh, but yeah slowly but surely my journey took me all the way up into um, more uh, more technology driven uh, to where I started really getting into the augmented reality space is where I started and then you know working in virtual reality and really sort of seeing those parallels from all those years in training how can we really utilize this technology and leverage it to build out um, you know these solutions that that our learners can really benefit from so yeah
1: Awesome. I I love it. And I, I specifically love that at the beginning of that, you mentioned how you tell people a little bit what the technology is and what it isn't um you know what are some of the biggest misconceptions you see when when customers first come to you
0: you know i think one of the biggest things is that everybody's like it's going to be super expensive and we can't afford it right it's just not going to work um another thing we really hear a lot i hear a lot is you know i don't know if my learners are ready for something like that right Mm. and i think that you know in some cases that can be true but for the most part i think what you run into is that um cost you know um, ease of use these are all things that as we do with any technology or anything that we decide we're going to build or purchase or anything it all kind of evolves and i think everyone's more than capable that I've run into of using augmented reality, right? We all use our phones so we can use an app to scan and, you know, bring things to life through that, or um, we can put on a headset. You know, some people just can't, but if they can't do that, there's other ways we can do it as well, right? We can bring virtual reality experiences to a browser and, you know, then it becomes more, you know, game-ish, right? You know, inside of there. Um, But yeah, I think the ability and cost, you know, it's still, there's still a price associated with it, right? And it's still a little bit higher than some of the other ways that you do things. But, um, you know, we, uh, we divide that up into the types of complexity of e-learning that we, you know, contract out as well, right? We have a minimum one for this price. We have a, a medium complexity for this and, a, you know, a, a completely interactive place for this, right? And I think what we're seeing is that those costs are starting to level out a little bit uh, okay. in that um you know the amount of money you pay for an you know a very high-end e-learning you know starts to hit that sort of mid-range of of like a virtual reality training um and another thing i bring up a lot too is it's like well you know the types of things you're going to do for virtual reality aren't everyday things right we're not gonna we're not gonna train everybody how to do everything in virtual reality but the things that it really does well so um you know are you putting any of your your learners in dangerous situations, right? Do they have to go, I don't know, play in traffic? Do they have to go, you know, interact with um, environments that are potentially hazardous? Well, you know, the cost there um, probably evens out, you know, based on, we don't want anybody to get hurt. We don't want anybody to to have any kind of issues like that. So, um, you know, If you're only focusing on it for the things that it does well, then ROI is much easier to find and much easier to see uh, than if you're just trying to be like, Hey, we want to use VR, but we don't know what for, right? It's like, it's the age old problem, uh, technology, you know, technology for the sake of technology is never a good direction to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean, I'm thinking back to my time as a pilot and, you know, we used simulators and you could call it virtual reality all the time. And there, and there were kind of, like you said, there there would be varying levels of it where sometimes you're basically playing Microsoft flight simulator, you know, you're just like looking at a screen and then other times you have kind of like a big screen that's in front of you that kind of goes around you a little bit. And then you get up into the major weapon systems and they have, you know, the full motion simulators where it's all moving back and forth. Um, And it all comes, And it's worth it. It's worth all that stuff, like you said, because otherwise you're having to actually fly the plane, which is crazy expensive. And so if you had to do all of the training in the plane, it would just, you know, it would be double or triple or more the cost versus taking at least some of the stages and pulling it out. So I think that sounds 100% right. And because I've, on the other end of the spectrum, in the corporate world, I've seen examples of people trying to do, you know, feedback training inside of virtual reality and I'm sure there are good examples of it, but this one you could kind of tell it was like they were they were just wanted to do something in virtual reality. That's really what they wanted to do. Um, you know, what are some of the for for people who haven't really gone that deep into this of thinking about ways to potentially use this technology? What are some of the best utilizations? And it would be great if 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 you see a distinction, if you could distinguish between VR and AR. Of some of the best utilizations of this technology?
0: You know, there's two big ones that really come to mind when we, when we, think about like the best way to apply each of these technologies and i'll give you one big one for each of them um so augmented reality right augmented reality also mixed reality both of those are, are kind of the same thing you know augmented reality is the digital overlay of content and um on the real world so it keeps us in the real world and mixed reality is that same thing only it interacts with the world around us right so we have characters okay. that can walk around on the ground uh, our phones understand depth oh. and they know exactly like when we have a table or a wall or the, it outlines and it kind of, you know, maps out the room for us, right? So augmented reality and mixed reality are are, you know, the they're close siblings and mixed reality is sort of just that sort of next level of doing it. Um, which is what we're seeing now with like the Quest 3 and stuff like that, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in just a little bit. Yeah. But one of the best utilizations for augmented reality is that we've all got our phone, right? We've got a mobile device that, that can provide um, our learners with access to augmented reality experiences. And what we use our phone for typically is that just-in-time or moment-of-need learning that we have to have, right? I got to figure out where I'm going to go, or I got to know what the next step is to do, or, you know, I have to, I'm trying to put this, I don't know, replace the windshield wiper on my car and I can't figure it out. You got to watch a video, right? You know, whatever it might be. So augmented reality is fantastic at giving us that instant access to information. So if I have a QR code, I'm on a, let's say I'm just on a, um, uh, I don't know, out in the warehouse, right? I'm building widgets, whatever I'm doing. Uh, I've got Steps one through three, I know exactly what I'm doing, no problem. Step five just changed, but I know six through 10, uh, but five's given me a, a little bit of trouble. I can use my mobile device, I can use a wearable technology device to scan a QR code or to look at something that triggers uh, access to that training or uh, some sort of an overlay that says, hey, this is how you do it. I don't have to interrupt my flow of work. I don't have to you know, go find an e-learning module, go sit in a class right there in that moment, I need this info, augmented reality does a fantastic job of giving us that. Now, it also does some really cool stuff game wise and everything else. But as far as a functional learning tool, that's really where I see that it has a lot of, um, you know, it really has the most potential to really kind of change what we're doing. uh, While we're, you know, while our learners are doing their actual actions inside of, uh, you know, in whatever it is they're doing.
1: Yeah. I'm just connecting back to what you mentioned before about like something as simple as changing your windshield wiper and going to YouTube. I'm just imagining a world where you just take out your phone, you like, have it, you like scan your VIN number and then you pull back and it's just like on your screen, it's like, pull out this pin and like, and it's just walking you through it. It'd be, that'd be crazy.
0: You definitely could, you know, and it's actually going to be even better once we do start seeing more affordable and, um, you know, presentable wearable technology too, right? Up to this yeah. point, we've had all these wearable options that are out there, but they're expensive, right? You know, yeah. you get the magic leaps of the world, you got the hollow lenses of the world, which they're awesome, they're great technology, but uh, it's it's cost prohibitive for most groups, unless yeah. you're gonna be developing specific apps for it, right? Um, but we're not gonna, you know, there's there's very rarely organizations that are gonna be like, oh yeah, give me 20, you know, so I can put them <laughs> on all the people. And it's like, ah, no, not at not a 2K a pop, right? Or, or more, yeah. right? It's just not yeah. gonna work just a quick reminder,
1: if you're enjoying this conversation, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to share this conversation with others so they can enjoy it as well. Thanks.
0: Um, yeah. But yeah, as soon as we find a, um, a computer, a wearable computer that we can get hands free from, which is sort of the, the goal, I think, the vision of the provision, right? <laughs> In that whole thing, um, you know, then all of a sudden we have our hands to do all the things we need to do as well. So that that whole mixed reality aspect really has a lot of uh, really has a lot of legs, so to speak, when it comes to potential inside of there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I have some specific questions about the technology, but before we jump into that, um, VR like full mm-hmm. VR like what are some of the best utilizations you've seen for that?
0: Absolutely. So virtual reality is absolutely fantastic. And I mentioned this before, putting people in dangerous situations without putting them in dangerous situations, right? Yeah. That's probably one of the biggest go-to uh, training applications that, that I see um, day in and day out that we're working with, right? Uh, What if we need to put somebody in an open pit mine? What if we need to teach them how to use a uh, complex or dangerous piece of machinery? You know, what if we need to simulate an environment for them to practice in? But if I was to physically put them there, like you mentioned, it's cost prohibitive, right? How much money does it cost? The fuel, uh, something as simple as fire extinguisher training. Right. I don't want to have to refill the real fire extinguisher every time I, I will get them out there like I want to get them hands on with a real fire extinguisher. But at the same time, if I run through the reps, we teach them the pass, you know, acronym, we teach them how to do it, teach them how to, you know, approach a fire and put the fire out. Then they only have to practice with the real thing a couple of times, you know, that that saves all of those, you know, it saves us a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, virtual reality also gives us the ability, as long as they have a three by three space, you know, and a headset and a Wi-Fi connection, they can take any of those trainings and they can practice building that muscle memory of all these tasks that they do um, yeah. in there. Uh, one more I'll leave you with, too, on this one is that um, virtual reality is fantastic for soft skill training. So having an avatar that, especially with the advent of some of our AI options, what if you could have a free flowing conversation with an avatar, whether it's leadership training, it could be emotional intelligence. It could be, you know, uh, involuntary departure, right? I've to let somebody go and I don't want to do that for the first time in real life. Right. I can, I can talk to people about it, role play, that kind of stuff. So those are some great opportunities.
1: I had never thought about dropping chat gpt into into one of these like that is wow, that's like whoa <laughs> that's crazy
0: yeah you know, yeah i've seen some examples where chat gpt is in there and it's it has promise right sure. it's you know not quite ready for prime time yeah. for anybody old enough to remember that <laughs> but yeah. um but no there's some opportunities there like right now we're using conversational ai you know to connect and we build a specific conversation and then the you know the avatar is just listening for key phrases like I'm like hey good morning or how's work going or gosh you having any trouble with your projects that kind of thing and yeah. it just listens for those key phrases and it it has a conversation back with me based on what it hears yeah. so um so yeah there's a lot of really cool applications now that we can do and the potential is through the roof when it comes to all that stuff
1: yeah and the I think the neat thing is especially like with the dangerous situation stuff is you know we already have proof that the technology is good enough that your brain believes the danger um you know i remember there's a recent disney plus series called limitless with chris hemsworth i don't Mm -hmm. know if you saw that where the first episode they're talking about getting over fears and stuff like that and they put him i think it was a quest two headset and he like walks out onto a ledge like you know the edge of a building like way over and he and some friends did it and like some of them couldn't even do it they just you know they they just like they couldn't walk out on it because their their brain just believed where they were, were there. Um, so we, on that technology point, the technology is always really good, already really good. I'll admit, I haven't spent... I think I've put on a Quest headset once. I haven't spent a lot of time playing around with this stuff. I've been really excited about it, but it wasn't until you know, with Apple getting into it and then hearing more about quest three that, you know, from my perspective, it seemed like, wow, this is really hitting prime time, you know, especially with quest three being a little bit cheaper. Um, but from your perspective, somebody who's been in this space for a while, is this a massive, is this a big leap or is this just, are we kind of just continuing a progression that's, that's been happening for a while and it's now just kind of reached a critical mass?
0: You know, I think sort of the latter on that one. I mean, I think that we've really been waiting in the industry for more people to get in, more companies to get into the hardware, you know, uh, space. Yeah. I think that one of the things I had really hoped would have happened sooner than later was, um, was for, uh, more companies to start, you know, leveling out kind of our options and bringing Mm -hmm. costs down a little bit. That was really what I was hoping for. I was hoping that would sort of
1: what, like, we didn't have that much. There was Microsoft, the HoloLens, Quest, and with, with from meta yep uh, I, i've never heard of many other ones
0: yeah so pico neo was a big one htc had a series right of okay. stuff um so there's more stuff out there there's more options out there um, but uh until we started you know and we've just been kind of waiting a little bit because the quest 2 uh however you feel about meta and facebook and all that stuff right whatever it might be it is by far the most versatile and affordable like from a from a you know a a company organization standpoint scalable option like that's out there like it really is the pico's great Uh, i've I've done the htc vibe it's fine but for Ease of use and ease of working with uh the, the quest has always been, you know, kind of the go-to uh, as far as, as making it all work and making it easily work for, for whatever the organization needs. So we've kind of been just waiting for the next evolution of that. The Quest Pro came out not too long ago, which was a neat sort of evolution, it was a little bit more expensive, right? It was in that fifteen hundred price range at the time, has a couple other features in it, really wasn't meant for gaming as much. It was they were trying to gear it towards business. Or, in my opinion, a lot of these sort of in-between ones come out so they can test a few things out and gauge sort of the market (laughs) and see, you know, oh, we're going to charge 1500 for this one. Are people going to buy it? Are they going to come do something (laughs) with it? What are they going to do? Right. So I think some of that has to do with it too. But like you said, we've, we're starting to see sort of that, um, we're starting to land on a few things that we've been waiting for. As far as the Apple headset or the Apple uh, option, we've been waiting on that for two to five years for the last yeah. 10 years, right? I mean, it's been two to five years away for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And until I actually saw it I, the day of, I still didn't believe it was going to happen, right? I just know that <laughs> you can't get too excited about some of these things. Um, but they've really kind of pivoted. And it's interesting to see the direction that both, um, in this particular, other case, Meta and, and Apple have gone because Meta is releasing a new one, which is very similar to the existing Quest, you know, Quest 2, but it has some other options, right? It has a couple two, it has two full color RGB cameras on the front uh, that allow it to have that mixed reality capability or that augmented, you know, so I can put on my Quest uh, 3 and I'll be able to still see the world around me and create experiences based on that, which I think opens a lot of doors. Um and it's still geared towards a market where, hey, you could kind of use this for a little bit of anything, right? You want a game? This would be great for gaming. Uh, we're going to have some companies that are going to partner with us, and they're going to build some fun, mixed reality game things that you can do. Want to use it for business? Awesome. We're going to give you the opportunity to develop for it and give you uh, options as far as building it for your learners, for gamification, full simulations, or just that mixed reality aspect. Yeah. So that's sort of, they've leaned just a little bit heavier into what they've kind of already been doing. Apple, in true Apple fashion, is just excited about changing the entire paradigm, right? They're like, you know what? I don't necessarily care if you're going to play games on it. We're not really making this for gamers. This is going to change your life. Like, we're going to – I want to replace your computer, your phone, your everything. And this thing that you put on your face, that's what's going to do it, right? So that's that's the vibe I get from them is that I don't – I don't need to be in this little space over here. I'm going to charge you a premium price because I'm replacing all the other things. It's all, it's, it's this, this is it. This is the end all be all. So.
1: (laughs) I I will admit for, I don't even know how long, you know, I've been wanting to do something like this, you know, like probably since minority report came out or before that, just like the idea of, you know, we've all had that moment where we're working at our computer and we have like a document and we're like trying to figure out where to, put our windows we need to see this thing and this thing and it's like I just want to take this document and put it right here and this one I want to put it right here and then yep. have you know and you'll be able to do that and yeah it's and it it's amazes me with both the new quest and Apple's vision is that idea that the the cameras are on them the front facing cameras on them are so good and the latency is so low that you're looking through the goggles at the rest of the world at a, not looking through it. You know, this isn't like uh, Google glass where they're trying to overlay that way. They're just putting TV screens right in front of you that are yeah. re-showing the rest of the world. And the latency is low enough that you can just operate in the world. That blows my mind.
0: Yeah, and that's really what we've been kind of waiting for. We've been waiting for the hardware to catch up to the dream. And, you know, even in some of the articles that I read, uh, Apple is really hoping that they could come up with a smaller, you know, a smaller frame you know form factor uh ar or mixed reality headset but it's just you know miniaturizing that technology and making it functional and everything else to to do the things you want it to do it's just we're still a ways away from that i think as far as uh the technology evolution so
1: yeah yeah
0: no it'll be interesting to see I'm, i'm like i said they both really leaned heavy into a different direction and i think um the the type of people like their, their their presumed customer base is also gonna be very different right yeah. so i think yeah. that i think that at that 500 hundred dollar price point the quest opens itself up to a lot more opportunities uh 3500 i think is what it was for the apple provision um i think that that uh you know that's going to limit their reach a little bit sure. um even though it has probably I don't know. At this point, just looking at it, it's a. It seems prettier. It seems neater. I can't wait to get one on my face so I can yeah. actually see what it's going to do. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm looking at my future travel, yeah. going. All yeah. right. Who has an Apple Store and are they going to have? Are they going to have you know demos sometime soon that I can put it on? Right. Exactly. So I have to plan an extra day for my travel going out to wherever I go, just so I can I can take advantage of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I'll make sure in the description of this episode I'll put there was a really great breakdown that Marcus Brownlee did of the Vision Pro. Um, so just for anybody who hasn't kept up with it so you can kind of see where they're going it it is pretty cool um okay so i think we've done a good job selling the technology so i'm now in a learning team you know i'm learning manager or whatever i think i have i think i have a use case that i want to use how how do one how does one get started i mean obviously they could reach out to somebody like you and IntelliZ. um but is there is it like do you need different software in order to create this stuff How, how does someone get started
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's the million dollar question, right? That's what we get all the time. Um, To get started, let's start with like augmented reality, right? Augmented and mixed reality. So um, it's a little bit easier to get started there because um, there are more opportunities for just like having these WYSIWYG editors, right? Cloud-based, codeless tools that you can drag and drop. You know, uh, things like ZapR, things like uh, BundleAR, BlipR, right? There's a lot of these cloud-based tools that you can go out and you can start using. And they're going to be very similar from a learning team perspective. The skills you need to get started with those, it's going to be similar to what you're doing already in things like, I don't know, Photoshop, Vyond, Captivate, Storyline, right? We've all got some of these skills. Our teams already have some of these skills available to us. So translating those into something that's, you know, that... Those, those WYSIWYG editors, uh, it goes by pretty smooth, right? If you can build a PowerPoint, you can hop into some of these and start building AR or, you know, this semi-mixed reality content. Now, there's limitations, though. So, like you see, you know, you're not going to be building Pokemon Go inside of, you know, one of these programs. Okay. But... Okay. What you can do, um, and it's a little bit more affordable to start this way too, is that for the price of a license that's similar to um you know these other types of learning tools that we have, you can get started and build out some of these experiences that are a little more engaging, that have depth, that can use 3D models in space, right? You can start to really kind of create these digital overlays of content and start to work with it. In most cases, they a lot of these programs have like hobbyist accounts or free trials that last indefinitely that you can use as well while you're still trying to figure it out and i think awesome. that's a great that's a great way to start you know yeah. you want to start building stuff out try it out hand it to some people that you're potentially are going to learn from it hand it to some people who are potentially going to manage people who learn from it and get all the feedback you can right yeah so so that's a really good way to do that um the challenge we run into is that when you want to start upping the complexity you have to find tools that um allow you to do that which then require Uh, different skills that as learning developers, we didn't typically cultivate right and this okay. kind of leads us into the vr development aspect of it as well in that a lot of the tools to build advanced augmented reality or to build advanced virt- or even to build virtual reality in general require us to understand a little bit more about the developer side of game creation or working with tools like unity or unreal right game development engines understanding some code right you're, sure. you're going to need to know some javascript or c sharp depending on the tool that you use so At that point, we start to transition from the skills we already know to these other skills that typically while we were learning about instructional technology or learning theory, we weren't like, oh yeah, now I'm going to go to my JavaScript class, right? It just no, didn't typically it fall didn't come under. Up. No, it, it,
1: didn't, so, it, it certainly didn't come up when I was making the shift from like instructor pilot to, <laughs> the, to corporate L&D. That didn't come up.
0: Exactly. So so you run into a lot of those types of things and that's when you have to start kind of reaching out and finding partners or finding other people within the organization that you're at that have those types of skills. Um, it's it's not unheard of for uh, you know instructional designers or learning content creators or whatever we call ourselves nowadays to to learn those skills. It's just it's just a challenge, right? That's a that's a potential barrier that we run into.
1: Yeah. So you could. So one of the you know barriers that you mentioned, or one of the places where that need shifts or that effort level shifts, is the difference between AR and VR. Within AR or VR too, but sp- specifically within AR, could you give an example? Like, the, Do you have an example, top of mind, of like where is kind of that limit of something that somebody who's just been an instructional designer, they've never coded, they've not done game development, they're using Rise, Beyond, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. where they might be able to do it versus it starts to get... They're going to either have to find a partner or do some significant learning in order to be able to execute it themselves. Do you have, is there a good example that people could have in their heads?
0: Yeah. So if you think about, I mean, any of this stuff is going to require some upskilling of some kind, right? You always have to learn a new program. So if you think about, uh, let's imagine we were going to make like a, uh, what's a, what's something we everybody might recognize. Oh, you know, remember in Harry Potter when those, those posters came to life, right? If you wanted to bring marketing materials to life or pull things up like that, you know, something like uh, these cloud-based tools would work great you could scan you could overlay content like images and you know maybe some uh maybe a 3d model or links and stuff like that typical um types of of assets that you would build into most of your other learning tools right in some cases you may have a timeline that you work with you're assigning some variables all familiar things that we do in programs like storyline or captivate or you know some of these other tools um You wanted to build maybe a a basic uh, selfie, you know, frame that you wanted to do that was enhanced by augmented reality. You could do something like that. Um, now let's say you wanted to sort of, uh, maybe move to the next level and you wanted to have a 3d model that was interactable, right? You could click on it. It blows up, it comes back together, or you wanted to be able to put pieces together or move things around or have avatars that maybe have a conversation and work with you that way, right? These, these next level types of interactions are going to require tools that, that, um, that are able to support those now in a lot of cases these tools are are they're great they really are like i just taught a a kid's kit camp in vr starting with vr and i had five you know teenagers and they were all with no code able to start building their own virtual reality room and get in there and start working with it right they were able to build interactions a locomotion system all that kind of stuff uh so the the uh codeless opportunities are are growing exponentially because all these companies want everybody in their program, like everybody yeah. wants, they want to have the, the least amount of friction possible to get you in and doing stuff yeah. uh, in there. But when you want to start creating leaderboards or, you know, you want to start creating, um, gosh, I don't know, game systems that are inside of there, or you want to start creating custom animations and interactions. These are going to require that you have a next level sort of skill set. And and you're thinking from that sort of developer mentality, right? Um, And that's sort of the advanced augmented reality piece of it. And virtual reality, um, the price of doing business in VR today is that you have to have that development team that can support the environment building the asset creation you know those are all very complex things that that we don't typically have on our learning teams or that's not a skill set that we typically have Uh, so they can build that part of it and then the learning team is still in charge of doing all the things that they do, right? They're the needs analysis, working with the SMEs, making sure that our goals are solid and that solving the problems it needs to solve. So they have to sort of sort of work in this sort of you know synergistic way, if you will, that it all has to kind of work together that way. Yeah. Um, But yeah, all these tools are really trying to come up with better ways for us to sort of have that sort of frictionless experience and, you know, removing some of those barriers to entry. But um, it's less so in augmented reality, but it really shows itself when we start to develop for VR.
1: Perfect. I think that's a great way to understand it. And it sounds like a big gap is or a big bridge is when you're trying to go from, displaying information to interacting with information once you try to have an interactive environment that's where the skill level really skill required really goes up that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah and it's the same way with um all of the e-learning module e-learning content we create too right you know you can have stuff that just pops up very powerpoint you know ish or we can have complex interactions that turn it all into a a game you know so using variables and everything else
1: yeah, great parallel. Um, awesome. Well, any, anything else that I didn't ask about? Any, any, anything else that people need to know top of mind um, when they're starting to get into AR and VR?
0: You know, I think a great place to start when it comes to this is that if you know some things but don't know all the things, get out there and try everything right? Get out there, experience as much as you can, download some games. Um, You know, if you can find a headset, if you can buy a headset, get in a headset, play the things that are in there, right? Um, Explore all that the technology has to give, and then uh, share it with the people at your organization or share it with your clients share it with everybody and get their perspective get their thoughts right the more you know about it the easier those conversations are going to be and um the more confident you're going to be once you you know once you get that green light to start actually building things out uh for for whatever your projects might be but understanding the technology getting in there and again like i mentioned at the very beginning knowing what it is And knowing what it's not, right? Uh, A lot of people still, they're like, I don't know, augmented and virtual reality, they're basically the same, right? Well, no, they're really not. They're significantly different. And you want to make sure that you can have those types of conversations with everybody, right? You know, sometimes it's hard because I tend to, um, you know, I tend to hang out in circles of, People that know all of these things already, and then I run into a, a group, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this and this," and they're like, "I don't know what that term is," and I'm like, yeah. "You know what? I appreciate that, and I apologize. I'm going to back up a little bit here, you know." So I think sometimes I take for granted that just because sure. I'm this is my space all the time, um, but yeah, you want to be that. You want to be that source of knowledge. You want to be that, you know, that source of optimism and excitement, and you know, and knowledge about this this new thing. And I don't know exactly how it's all gonna play out, but I do know that in some way, shape or form, there are gonna be immersive um, opportunities, immersive experiences, immersive technology available to us in learning and development. So even if today isn't the day, the more you know now, once that day arrives, you're gonna be able to just hit the ground running. You're gonna be right there. You're gonna be able to help your organization grow and build and, you know, not have to wait into that, you know, to go through that, that learning curve that all these other groups are going to have to do. So you guys will be able to really kind of start off and, um, you know, be a part of that forefront.
1: Awesome. That that's such a great point. Such a great point to end on. So, uh, Destry, thank you so much for your time. I definitely think people got a lot out of this conversation. So thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So always fun to talk about the things I do all the time.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Thanks. (laughs)
0: Thank you so much for
1: tuning in today. If you liked the discussion, make sure to hit like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. As a reminder, if your team is struggling keeping up with the training development demands of your organization, we want to help. Better Everyday Studios is a full-service instructional design team that can help you with everything from ideation to actual content creation and delivery. Please reach out to us using the link in the episode notes below. Have a great day.